0: Welcome to Ministry Strong with Lisa Whittle, where ministry matters so much that a co-host and I have conversations to help strengthen and encourage ministry leaders to serve Jesus with integrity for the long haul, and we don't shy away from the tough issues about culture and the church. It's so fun to have my longtime friend, Jenny Allen, on the show today, New York Times bestselling author, founder, and visionary of the If Gathering, and new mother of the bride.
1: That's a fun one to add to the <laughs> resume, Jenny. That is a fun one. It has been such a happy, fun season with our kids right now. One of them just graduated from Texas A&M. Our second child just got married. It's just, it's really fun to watch them become adults and and just be such good friends with them. They are my favorite people. And I adore our son-in-law. He is, I call him my favorite child because he uh, he, I never had to change his diapers or punish him. And he's the <laughs> nicest one to me. So he is my favorite one right now. <laughs> I love him. I really get that. You
0: know, um, my birthday was not long ago and my daughter is at Baylor. So she's not here to sort of do the maternal womanly instinctual things right around here. Cause we got a lot of testosterone going on here with all the guys around my my boys and my husband and all that. It, it was around my birthday and I thought, well, there's no hope for any type of celebration for me, which is fine. I don't really care. I'm not a great celebrator, right. Jenny, but yeah, I, I, my, it was, it was, A month out and my daughter-in-law texted and she said okay where are we going for your birthday what are we doing and i texted her mother and i said tara thank you you for raising a daughter who will actually celebrate my birthday and get this whole thing together and make everybody show up and so i really understand that you know It's never perfect in any in-law situation. I don't want to perpetuate that kind of idea, but it it is really great when you, when you pray for a long time that that it'll go well and it goes well, you know, like, thank you, Lord celebrating that. Yeah, that's right. I I get it. it. I totally get it. Well, it was gorgeous. Uh, The pictures were that we saw were just beautiful online. And so I know it was 10 times more beautiful in person, but I, I, um, I get it. I get it. So I'm going to get right into it. Joel and I did a show last week on burnout and boundaries. And what was really interesting about that, Jenny, was that we recorded that show back in the summer. And when we did, something happened to the audio for the show. So we had all the rest of them were great, but the audio for that show got messed up. And so we had to re-record it not long ago. And when we did we, I personally was in a very different place recording it a second time around. So I don't even really remember what I said the first time, to be honest with you, but I know that we talked a lot about boundaries the first time. And when we re-recorded it, I said to Joel, I said, Joel, I have to tell you that on my brain right now, much more is burnout. Yeah, And I do believe they're very interconnected. That's why we're talking about both of them. I wondered for you, would you say that burnout is a Conversation that you currently resonate with more, or is boundaries one that you would currently resonate with more?
1: Well, I'm in a really good season because I have, I was pretty close to burnout about six months ago. Actually, if I go back, I noticed it about a year and a half ago. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: so I began building a world where there would be a lot of rest this year for me, and there has been and so i'm in a really full wonderful spot i mean rest is a real thing it is something that changes you yeah it's not something ethereal that if you think about joy then you're going to be more joyful and again that's a real thing too but but it's a physical thing it's something that actually restores you and so i just have come off of a pretty intense sabbatical 3 months where i was not online not working at all, no email access. Nobody had access to me. It was. It. I mean, I rested. I did not work one bit for three mm-hmm. months, and mm-hmm. I. I'm different. And and then I came back to my daughter's wedding, and so there. That was a season of a really great season to come back into work because there was still kind of a, pre, a attitude of protection around our family because we had such a big you know moment in our lives happening, and so right. It really has been, and I you know now we're. We're just a few weeks post past that. So I, I mean, I really have had a good six months of not working in the same way that I had been. And, and so you know, it's a great time to have the conversation because I, I really believe in, in setting boundaries, but I do, I am very full and happy and in a place where my eyes are to the horizon again and I'm ready to run. and, and it's been a while since I've felt that way.
0: Hmm. I really, really get what you're saying, and I know that you're a creative and you're a visionary. And I know that for a lot of us who occupy that space, you know, the the ideas are are kind of constant. It's like there's a lot of idea, there's a lot of content creating, there's all of that, and and I've come to a similar similar place in my life, Jenny. Where you know I've had people speak into me my husband has spoken into me and said do you realize that that you're at this place and where you need to acknowledge that you you're it's too much you know yeah. in in this regard or whatever and that's really hard for me and i think it's hard for a lot of us to say it i also think that when we do have a lot of creative idea that it's like, Oh, the flow is going like, and and we, and we're inspired by the flow. And we, we appreciate the fact that the Holy spirit is speaking to us about something and all those things. But what I'm hearing you say in all of that is that it's, it's purposeful to not burn out, right? Like it's, it's like, it's purposeful to make the choice not to do that. You don't just happen into health.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I remember one time in the break, um, there was a pretty big offer that came my way where it would have been, I mean, it was PBS and they wanted me to do a special with them. And I mean, it was one of those things that was pretty, you know, pretty big deal and they needed it by, you know, the end of the summer. And so it it was the one time that anybody brought work to me because it was just so big. And I remember that flutter that you're talking about where I was like, oh, this could be so powerful. Like it was get out of your head material. This could reach the world, you know, whatever. And my sweet agent of all people, who that would have blessed, you know, he said, Jenny, <laughs> this is what you're resting from. You're mm-hmm. resting from the adrenaline. You're resting from the excitement of the next thing. And I need like, I think you need to not even reply. Wow. That's so good. <laughs> I and I didn't. And you know, that opportunity wasn't there when I came back. And and I I don't regret it. I he was exactly right. It was the adrenaline I was resting from. And and I really feel in the work and the pressure, right? It, it all, it all. it's not just the great opportunities, certainly a lot of days, most days it's it's the grind, but, but I do feel like it is the pressure and the pressure comes from the emails and the pressure comes from the great opportunities and the pressure comes from the failures and the pressure comes from every direction. And I think what it did was it really reset, this season in my life has really reset my priorities yeah. and I don't feel i i it's fasting right fasting is is the practice that's the mm-hmm. that is probably the word I relate to more than boundaries, yeah, because I was fasting from importance, I was fasting from being seen, I was fasting from successes, I was fasting from failures, I was yeah. fasting from the show, mm-hmm. and when I fasted from the show, I saw the show for what it was, yeah, and I wasn't, and I've really come back very um. I my husband would say, one, it was easier. He said he said I I really enjoyed watching you do that because you are okay without it, and I think it's good to know that. I think it's always good to know that. Yes, whatever your ministry is, even if your ministry is small group ministry or women's ministry to a hundred people, it is good to know your identity is not in it. Yeah, and and that was good, and I was comforted by that. And then two, it's good to it's just good to know um, on the other side of it what it is right mm-hmm. so i am coming back up my husband worried i think a lot of people did at watching me in the break because i really didn't want to come back i felt pretty um scared i wouldn't honestly and yeah. and i and there was there was a way for me not to come back there you know I, we financially i didn't have to um there was a way and i i fleshed it out and it sounded great to me and and i know the world doesn't need me that's that's not why i came back I uh, it was nothing like that. It was the Lord giving me a new assignment, and and it was enough to just obey Him and I and I and I feel like it's really back to how it was in the beginning, Lisa, when we met. It really is just obedience, and yep. when yep. I keep it simple like that, it feels less chaotic, and I just don't feel distracted by the many things that that it requires. And I've really had a it's been fun to come back because. I've really gotten out of the weeds by leaving for so long. <laughs> yeah. And I've really I'm really staying out of the weeds. And and so the the big two questions in my heart right now that I ask every time I start to feel that hustle or start to feel that excitement or is or that opportunity or that disappointment, I say, Lord, what do you want me to know about this? And what do you mm-hmm. want me to do? And mm-hmm. so often it is to not do very much. Mm. <laughs> and so I really have just kind of come back in and been like, I'm really just going to, I'm going to do what the simple things he tells me to do and and not all the extra stuff, you know?
0: Yeah. This is exactly why I wanted you on the show. This is exactly why when I was praying about who do I want to, who do I want to talk to about, about burnout and boundaries, burnout and fasting. i much, I agree (laughs) with you. I much more relate to that. We can retitle the show that No. Uh, when I was thinking about it, Jenny, you came into my mind. Because of the break that you took, I think first of all, I just want to say, I think it's powerful when God's given you influence, and you even put that stake in the ground for others to see and say, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a break, and it's gonna be okay." Because I think that's so counter to what. We're told all the time about hustle culture and about like the algorithm, even like silly as it sounds. But, you know, I think we think, oh, if we take a break, like we'll crash. It won't work. It's all just our own, We, you know, it's the, it is the mistaken belief that it's all in our own striving, but yet we buy into it and Satan dangles that. I also think, and gosh, you just, you spoke into something that that has been my own fear, which is if I take a break, I won't come back because my- I'll just say my, my kind of my whole life, um, my MO has been to run and um, when things get complicated and and not, not to say that you were going to run, I'm just saying for me, that has been my thing. If I don't like how this feels right now, or if I don't know how to make sense of it, or if I don't know how to come back and be calibrated in some way, healthy, right. I just won't, I just won't choose the thing that's complicated. I will. I will just go and be with Jesus, or whatever, right? And I think it's been it's been good for me through my life to confront those lies and say, no, actually Satan is 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 saying to me that that you can't come back and allow the power of the Holy Spirit to help you be boundaryed or 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 aware or um do this well. And, and I think that's where we have to say, you know, we have the power of God available to us all the time to be able to come back and do it well. But I just want you to know, I relate so much to thinking, I'm going to go away. I'm going to love it so much. I know myself and I'm not going to want to come back because I don't need social media for my own personal joy.
1: Right. And
0: so I get those things. But and when you go away and this is the power of being on a sabbatical right now, as we're interviewing, I'm on a social sabbatical. And when I come back, I always have fresh eyes to see it for what it is. And it always looks a little clearer. And in looking clearer, Jenny, sometimes I'm like, oh, I see us striving so hard here. Yeah. I see our I see our grasping i see our our struggling and 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 in some ways that also gives great perspective i wonder for you when you take breaks like that when you take social breaks like that Mm -hmm. do you get a sense that it's coming or do you get to the point where you just say you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna pivot with the Holy Spirit and I feel right now is the time I'm going out for a while
1: well here's, what's great is I set it in my schedule. So every July I will be offline. Um, and I have been for a few years. Um, that's, that's pretty typical for me. I also, I've gotten to, um, to a place where I, I, I really (laughs) will get on when I have something to say. And I'm not saying I never get into the scroll or the pattern of it, but, um, I, I will take, I will take breaks pretty regularly. I mean, I would say I I don't just hang out on Instagram a lot and it's, it's just been a healthier way for me to, to live. And I think part of that is just, I, I see how addictive it, how addictive it it is. I cannot believe how many, I I said this on Instagram the other day, somehow my algorithm has picked up that I like watching pastries and (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't yeah. even eat pastries. I feel mm-hmm. terrible when I eat pastries, but somehow like I will sit there and scroll and watch people cook pastries. Like, how has this happened? How is, how is our world? I think we've got to see the absolute insanity of it. Yeah. And, yeah. and if, you know, if somebody doesn't say it, it's, it's total, it's totally crazy and it's getting crazier by the minute Yeah. and me participating and bringing a that something got put there for me or to say or whatever should be so minimal compared to the other things I'm doing in my life for ministry. It's going to get lost anyway, and it's only going to get lost more and more and more. I really believe my main goal in life is to make disciples. If God wants to perpetuate that through social media, he can help the algorithm out. But it's a joke to think. I mean, I've talked to the leading experts and everything because we we literally run a technology company. Our our organization, if gathering, is a technology organization, is a digital media organization. That's all it is. Like that is that is the single way we do ministry. We care about this, but we are we're kind of washing our hands of it. It's like it's gonna have to be the Holy Spirit that even helps it. Right. So I think I'm kind of done with it. I think it's it's probably a dying game. And, you know, what's going to get the hits is, I said, bread turkeys. I don't know if you saw them, but like there were like 12 of them on my, on my (laughs) reels of people making turkey that, or bread that looks like turkey. I was like, what is this? this? Like, where are, where I'm in an alternate universe right now. And I think we've just got to call it and be like, you know what? This is such a game. If you want to do it for entertainment a little, I do it some for entertainment. Great. Know why you're doing it. But there's Absolutely. There should be no compulsion to, if I'm not here, like, it's going to hurt my work or, you know what, our work is hurt. Like, we, social, it, it is just not where it's going to be. And so I think we yeah. all just got to, like, lay it on the altar of, like, I'm not saying I'm, I'm quitting it all, but just sporadically do it as God leads. And then it's just to, to do the opposite would cost us everything, I think, to keep up.
0: Leadership can feel lonely, but it doesn't have to be that way. Jenny Catron and the Foresight Group offer a Women in Leadership online coaching group designed specifically to help female leaders find confidence, clarity, and community. Women in Leadership is a four-month virtual experience with mastermind groups and live instruction from highly successful female leaders like Deanne Turner, Allie Worthington, Joe Saxton, and more. This is the perfect opportunity to invest in your leadership so you can lead others better. The next group begins in June Sign up today at GetForesight.com slash MinistryStrong. That's Get the number four s i S-I-G-H-T dot com ministry MinistryStrong. Use code MinistryStrong10 for 10% off. Being in ministry over the last couple years has been uniquely challenging. Maybe the online church takeover that was necessary during the pandemic has left you weary and discouraged now as a ministry leader. I hear you. In fact, recent research found that getting people in the door on Sunday often doesn't lead people to take the next step. For those reasons, I'm excited to introduce you to the Apollos Project. Apollos apps equip churches with discipleship tools and spiritual habits to strengthen relationships within our community and ultimately with Jesus. Apollos is offering a discount for listeners of Ministry Strong up to 40% off when you bundle multiple Apollos platforms. Let's explore the future of the church together. Learn more at apollos.app slash ministrystrong. That's A-P-O-L-L-O-S dot A-P-P slash ministrystrong. As a leader, do you ever feel like there's not enough of you to go around? Maybe you feel alone or that you're too busy helping others to tend to your own needs. Do you ever wonder who you should talk to about your life? If so, I want to tell you about Anchored Hope and the excellent counseling available to you today. Anchored Hope brings care and counseling to ministry leaders like you as well as the people you serve. They offer convenient and confidential virtual counseling with professionally trained and theologically educated counselors. Choose a counselor based on a specific issue or contact the Anchored Hope team to ask for a recommendation based on your needs or partner with them as a ministry and utilize their services as a helpful extension of your team. As a shepherd and leader, you have to have a place you can try for your own help and healing. To explore counselors and schedule your first session, visit anchoredhope.co. If you use code Ministry Strong at sign up, you'll get 10% off all your sessions through 2023. Again, that's anchoredhope, H-O-P-E. Dot c-o And don't forget to use code Ministry Strong when you register. Churches are full of hurting people, and pastors spend a lot of their time helping hurting people get better. But who is helping our pastoral leaders heal from their own hurts, anxieties, and struggles? When these hurts aren't healed, how do they affect their ministry? Right now, Media partnered with best-selling author and psychologist Dr. Henry Cloud to answer these questions. A Church That Heals is a free video series that Right Now Media designed to encourage church leaders in their own process of healing. Taught by Dr. Henry Cloud, A Church That Heals explores how spiritual growth and formation can lead to healing clinical issues, relational struggles, and professional discouragement. In this series, Dr. Cloud shares how leaders who are healed can better lead churches that heal. To access this free five-session video series, visit rightnowmedia.org slash Strong. That's rightnowmedia.org slash ministry strong. When I even think about all the things that we get clever about and think, oh, yeah. we've, we've kind of like we've kind of like beat the system and we're kind yeah. of, oh, look, look at us gathering more, right. you know, followers. Look at us. We, we we've unlocked whatever level it is, whatever. I, I love the fact that the Lord, it, you know, I who knows how exactly this works, but well nobody knows how it works. Right, and, but but even in regards to like the Lord. Like I don't yeah. I don't know right. how I don't know how he right. uses all this. But what I do know is anytime that that I'll, I'll even just take it to myself. Yeah. Anytime I feel like okay, like I've I've um I've kind of I've kind of figured this thing out. It is it is the humbling of the Lord that is always like no, there's going to be that self-reliant piece that I'm never going to allow you to escape from. Yeah. And it is always coming back to what is the core of the gospel? What is the core of why I'm even here? Yeah. What really matters? And I tell you, there's something so freeing and stripping away all of the other things that we think uh, are the way to do it, have yeah. uh, are bringing us like church success or You know, platforms, whatever all of that is, it's like at the end of the day, you know, um, I I think it's it is the Lord reminding us, by the way, (laughs) you know, the man in John five, if you would be if you could heal yourself, you would you'd be better if it was just about getting into the pool, you know, and and the healing waters there. But it, it is about me, the healer, and so I think it's it's those kinds of things that we have to remember. Um, you know, yeah. I, I guess we're talking a lot about even social media because I do think that has led to a lot of our bounder, uh, burnout. But yeah. I also think, Jenny, you know, it is in, in interacting with people, and I think, um, and people in our personal lives, and I think a lot of us as leaders think, well, you know, people, it's people that are burning me out. You know, I, I'm just. It's 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 the church sure. people, it's the you know, yeah. the people that want so much for me and all of this. And here's my belief about people. I, I think that yes, people can test you, they can make things hard on you, they can be extraordinarily difficult, right? I mean, obviously, but they don't have the power to burn you out unless you allow that in whatever way. And so there's this personal responsibility piece that I think sometimes that we forget about. Has there ever been a time in your ministry that you thought, okay, I'm going to take my own inventory here. I I know that I'm at this place of at least, you know, a wrestle with people. And you felt like, I think it's because I've let something go too far in regards to that
1: yeah, I'll tell you I'll tell you a story. so I have I have two points in my ministry in ten years where I really felt like burnout coming on um the recent one and then um about five years in. And I, I it was another time I was just, I don't think I'm going to keep going. And I got away with a life coach. He would hate me calling him that. It's Patterson Center. And anyone can look that up. I know a lot of leaders are listening. It's a it's a significant financial investment, but it's the best money I've ever spent in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Hands down, nothing close second. In fact, we continue to bring um, them into our ministry and life because they, they rebuilt it for us. And at that point, I was doing exactly what you were saying. I, I probably was just responding rather than leading. And I was trying to manage everything. And at that point, I and I was probably doing a ton of things that I'm not good at that were frustrating people. And <laughs> oh, I was. I don't not probably. I I was, and I was leading an organization because I'm a creative who s- created things that succeeded. And then I became a manager at that point in my ministry. <laughs> and so I remember,
0: I'm just resonating with all of this so heavily. So I uh, yeah,
1: and my, my coach said, he said, I know what's wrong with you from five minutes with me. He said, I know what's wrong with you, but we're going to go through this three day process. And, and I'm not going to tell you till the end, but because I need to make sure I'm right. But I, I, I pretty much know what's wrong with you. And it was that I had founder syndrome, which is exactly what I just named. And so he really took me through where I need, like my greatest points of contribution, the places where I get drained so easily. He has a great test. In fact, you can look it up. Everybody gets free. It's called the thinking wavelength test. If you've never taken it six questions, it's super fast, but it puts you on a, a, a chart that leads from grinder, minder, keeper, um, finder. And then the last one is conceiver. Well, I was, I was conceiver. I was like an eight and a half, nine. So I was well, no, I was a nine. I was a conceiver ne- bumping up next to finder. So I'm good at like making things happen. And I'm mostly good at ide- ideating. Mm-hmm. Well, I was managing an office of people at the time. And uh, he said, if you're ever two degrees away from your sweet spot, you're going to either burn out or quit within 18 months. Mm-hmm. And I has, was into my close to my 18-month mark and, and wanting to quit. And so he said, you've got to hire an executive director for if gathering, like you don't need to lead if gathering, you need somebody to lead it for you. And, and so we started that process and, and people couldn't believe I was handing the reins to somebody, but it wasn't even hard. It wasn't even a decision for me. I was like, I'm horrible at this. And I came yeah. back and told my team, it was so <laughs> funny. I told my team what, what I'd learned and they all just started laughing. They all like, they didn't even, they just started laughing. Like, duh, this is so <laughs> obvious to be writing books and Leading visionary movements yep. and probably not in an office, making sure we're all doing our jobs, you know. So I, <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty eye opening to me, but apparently to no one else. And and that really changed ministry for me. I actually hired two executive directors. I hired one for my for profit and one for my nonprofit. And at that point, I I really submitted. Although on the org chart, I'm over them. I I really in practice daily submit to them. Yeah, and, and it's really been life changing. And I they're my bosses and they, they feel it. They know it. Um, I'm people have to go through them to get to me. There's a lot of boundaries in my life now, beginning five years ago that, that have changed every, that has changed everything for me. And I believe caused me to persevere. And, and so I really, I really challenge anyone listening that, that is leading any kind of organization to really get some help. And there's all different types of help you can get in that category. Patterson's a great one. There's lots of other ones, but be very self-aware of what. Your contribution is because ultimately this is very biblical. You see in yes. Corinthians that there's a body and we all have different parts, and there's no part less than the other and no part better than the other. And and so I was doing a disservice to the body of Christ and just trying to do things that I really wasn't made to do. And mm-hmm. not I'm not saying I don't have to do things I don't like. Are you kidding? Today I'll have a list of to-dos, emails I need to return, um, you know, outlines that I'm working on right now for projects. Like there's a lot of things I do that aren't just wow, my sweet spot. Sure. But I, I definitely am in my lane and, yep. and other people are in theirs.
0: I totally get all of this so much in so many ways. What I, what I would love to, to maybe help some listeners with is what, what, what would you say is the thing that leads to the place where you say, okay, I'm I'm going to stop trying to do something that I'm really not not the best at or not the most gifted at. Right, so it it might look different for whatever their ministry position is that they hold. But is it that that, that we have to be self aware? Is it that we have to be? Humble is it that like, what is the, what are the things that we have to have in order to get to that place? Because there's a lot of people that are continuing to operate in that space. You even said, like, it took me a while to get there. For me, it's taken me a while to get there. The founder syndrome, I'm sure is a part of that. But even if you're not a founder, there's lots of people that are operating in, in, in spaces that maybe isn't their best
1: place. So I would just say, I mean, I really think that test is free and it's so simple thinking wavelength and we can, you know, I can give you the link, Lisa, and you can put it in your show notes. Yeah. I think that's a starting place because you've got to know, man, am I off? Am I, what? something feels off and I don't know what it is. And again, we're not talking about job descriptions. We're talking about the way you think and behave in a work and the things that you bring to the table. And if you are having to grind every day and you're really a conceiver, you're probably five points away from, or six or seven, where you need to be. That is a complete breakdown. You're probably not good at your job. You're probably hearing that. You are probably very frustrating to work with. Yep. Uh, so I just think it's some self-awareness of where, and again, there's a million jobs you can have in those different categories. And let me say as a conceiver and someone that's higher on the um, thinking wavelength than than a grinder or minder sometimes you have to wait your turn. Like I, it's not like I could conceive of something when I was a bank teller at 20, like I kind of had to pay my dues and I was a horrible bank teller and I <laughs> should have lost my job and I didn't, but yeah. I was a, I had a grinder job and I mean, I needed health insurance and I just had to do it. And yep. Yep. and there are those seasons that you've just got to pay your dues, but forever you'll be grateful when you look back and go, gosh, I'm glad I'm not a bank teller anymore because I was bad at that. And, and I, I think you can, you can, you can learn a lot from experiences you're bad at, but mm. but don't um, – don't. and then also, as since we're talking to a lot of ministry leaders, watch out for your people. When you feel like you're constantly frustrated with someone, give them this test. This has been the best hiring tool we've ever had. When we somebody's comes to us and says, I want to work for IF Gathering, and we show them the job, and it's a completely grinder-minder job, mm-hmm. that it is to-dos, and they take this test, and they are an ideator and a finder. We immediately are like, well, you're going to disappoint us from day one, and we're going to disappoint you because you're going to hate your job. So it is. I think it really is as simple as just, in general, knowing what motivates you, also how you're made, and what you what you need to do. Um, I, I I don't think it's. It's always you have to get to the point. I hope it's not always that you have to get to the point of burnout before you recognize these things. But I do think you have to be honest with yourself. My grinders, I have a ton of grinders and minders in my office. I love them so much. I wear them out. We have to have interpreters between (laughs) me and them because they listen to me. They're not high risk people. They don't love change. I need them. I need them so badly. Nothing I do would exist without these people right. that are like making sure the train is on the tracks. If gathering would never exist without all of them. Yeah. Well, that's great. But that means that I've got to be careful with them. Like I need to understand that that's how they're wired and they don't, I think I'm going to walk in the office and bring this great vision and change. And they're all going to be like, yes, no, they, they want to quit. Like, they're like, I can't do this. <laughs> So we've learned ourselves and we've learned our different roles. And and Brooke Mazzarello, who is our executive director there, interprets me. I'll tell her what I'm thinking. And then she's like, here's what I think they can handle and and is helpful to them. And this is the rest I think you need to go figure out with the other finders and the people in your Realm of the thing, so I, it just has helps so much.
0: I think that is such an important thing to do, and I, I love what you're saying. It's it's like it's almost like you're setting a boundary with yourself too. Like you're understanding yourself for the first time, where you realize, oh, the way I say something as a visionary translates very um, overwhelmingly <laughs> to yeah. the folks that are the grinders, and I get that. I didn't realize I was doing that either. It's very similar to what's happened to me myself, and I will say that for me, one of my biggest Um, red flags, or I guess my wake up call was that staff was being frustrated. And I thought, what's frustrating? Like, I'm like, this is, this is very cut and dry. This is very like clear. But when you are a visionary and you're operating over here and you're, you know, exactly what you want to do and what it needs to be done and all of these things, but it is, It's not the nuts and bolts that needs to be. There is a translation piece there. And so I love what you're saying. I think this test is valuable. Yes. But
1: I also think, Lisa, we need to talk to the people that are like, I'm just... a a small group leader or I'm just in a small church and I'm a lay volunteer and I don't get a team, you can build a team. I think you need to know that in the early years when I was just leading at our church and we were church plant and I had a Bible study, I had a whole team of people that were offering their time and they loved it. They made it look beautiful in the room and they got to use their gifts in ways that, that they never had. This is not about money. This is about leadership. And I think most people listening view themselves in some form as a leader because that's how they ended up here. And I would just say, lead. Like People are waiting for vision. If gathering is, is if gathering because of lay volunteers around the world that said, I want to lead in my place. I want to bring mm-hmm. people together around the gospel. I want to bring people together around the Bible. I want to reach out to my neighbors and friends that may not have any hope right now and And have conversations around the Bible. So that is how that's what's happening all over the world right now. That I, we are the greatest group project ever with if gathering. Thousands and thousands of events will happen, and most, almost all of those women will not be paid. And, and they have teams and they've brought together people to lead. And though that is why they love if not just the fruit of it, but that they get to use their gifts in their community. And I think believe that there are people around you that want to do something with you, that want to dream with you, that want to help you, that are actually good at the things you're not good at.
0: Yeah. And I think the thing we're saying too, is it's, it's honestly, a lot of us feel like, I think, it, well, if I have a huge team, I could be more productive. That's not the reality of it because you can have a massive team and it might not be working well. It yeah. might not be productive. Really what, what works well and what makes you be productive is I think assessment along the way as to where am I now, what are the needs now, am I working well, uh, have I asked for help where I need help, is everybody operating in their gifts? I mean, I really, I heavily relate to that idea of, you know, sometimes you just have to pay your dues, sometimes you need to be a a grinder. I think that helps you also relate to people who are gifted as a grinder where you aren't. I mean, right. I look at the fact that I was—I didn't have an assistant till I was in my forties. Right. So my goodness, I answered all my own emails. I was—I'm yes, sure I—I I said them in words well, but I probably—but negotiating things and talking about this detail and that. Good grief, get somebody yeah. in there who's good at that. And it's right. definitely not me. Right. So I think those things also help us be aware of how God's wired us, what we're called to do, and what I hope people hear us also say is that you can get burnout from overworking. Certainly. But you can also get burnout from working at things in a way that is not your best gifting. So you might not even be putting in tons of hours, or maybe you are, but maybe you're just putting in tons of hours in a way that isn't the best suited for you. And that's just a, an assessment. That's a that's a Holy Spirit. Uh, lead me in a way that works best for the kingdom of god first with if i have a team if i don't have a team god where's my where's my gift it's really simple it's really simple yeah. sort of like gospel stuff if you're really great at uh, hospitality and opening your home you open your home and then yeah. that's what you right. do and 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 that it yeah right it's, it's always simple we always make this too complicated don't we yeah. when you think of people that you admire in ministry who really do it well, Jenny, and keep going for the long haul. Cause that's the point of ministry strong. It always has been. What, what do you think of in their qualities? What qualities do they have?
1: I think it's a, a piece that they are, they are there to serve. I, I think the people that keep going know why they're doing it. And I I watch the twenty somethings kind of coming in that want a platform and and I don't think that's how we thought, Lisa. Like I, right. I go back ten years ago, that wasn't really an option for us. Uh, no. Social media wasn't what it is today. We were just leading people around us and seeing fruit, and we wanted to see more of that. And and God gave us ideas, and and we kind of we we've ridden the roller coaster of to where we are today, yeah. and and so I I think that's that's a really, there's great parts about that. There's nothing wrong. There's, there can be holy ambition in wanting a uh, platform for the glory of God. There really can be. And I'm watching a lot of girls in their twenties and guys do that beautifully. Like just, they know their weakness. They keep the right people around them. They submit to their local churches. Like I'm watching people do this well, but It's a new day when people reach out to me and say, I want to do what you do. Because when we started what we are doing, we were just giving the gospel away to as many people as we could. And that was it. And we never dreamed of book deals and where we are now. Like that was never even an option. When I started, um, Ministry at 18, I felt called to ministry. I didn't have anyone but Elizabeth Elliott in my head. I didn't even know there was anything to do for a woman but be a missionary. So when I'm <laughs> surrendering to Jesus to go into ministry, I'm never picturing the life I have now. I'm picturing suffering for him on a different continent, right? And I'm saying yes. And that was my call to ministry. Yeah. And so then Beth Moore comes on the scene a couple of years later. And I remember the first time I was in a little bitty church with her, like little bitty church. She was speaking to less, you know, probably 100, 150 people. First time I ever heard her speak. First time I ever really heard, heard of her in Morristown, Tennessee, and I was weeping in the seat because I thought, "Oh my gosh, a woman using her gifts like that!" Like I have those gifts. I feel those gifts in my spirit. I don't know what to do with them. I walk up to her. I say, "Beth," um, I, I, I didn't say Beth. I probably said Mrs. Moore. Um, <laughs> I was like, twenty-one. Um, I said, "I really appreciate." tonight, and I really resonate with you and your giftings and callings. And I just, I don't know what to do with that. And she said, learn your Bible. So I learned my mm-hmm. Bible. You know, there was a roadmap to what, where I am today. And it was not ambition. It was, it was service. And so when I look at the people that are still in it, that are ahead of me, that was how they, that's how a lot of them got into it. Now I'm not saying it hasn't become many other things to all of us, Sure, but I think the ones I respect and want to be like are the people that have kept that at the center of what they do. They are in service to God and in service to others. And I pray that is true of me. I pray that I never lose that. I pray that I always know whatever I'm doing, whatever attention I've given, it is all in service to God and other people. And there's really not another reason to do this. And everybody else's name is going to go, no one is going to remember us, no matter how many followers you had a generation from now. Like just we're all going to be forgotten. So it's the only thing that matters, and it's the only thing worth building. and and i I pray that 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 is that even in a world that is all about tower building and name building and importance importance building, um that that would stay true of me till i die. and And I know it can be true. i've I've seen people persevere, and I'm grateful for them,
0: yeah, gosh. when you when you said Beth said no, know, know your Bible. It literally made me want to cry because that's that that's been true not only of her but it it I mean that that's it that's just that's it, it. That's, it. That's, that's it that's that's the whole thing the
1: only thing that I've ever heard that doesn't return void so exactly it's, your, it's the best marketing tool you've got in life like you want to make a difference that's your thing
0: <laughs> that's it the forget the yep. algorithm go learn your Bible yep. fill in this blank for me Jenny I will keep going because I've chosen to
1: what. Um, I will keep going because I have given my life completely and wholly to Jesus Christ and keep going might mean making disciples where nobody sees me, but I will keep going.
0: Yeah. What is your kind of last word of encouragement for some weary folks out there today who are maybe on the edge of
1: burnout or quitting? Um, whatever that looks like. I'm actually going to say something they're not expecting. You might need to quit something. I, when we decided we were so tired, we took inventory of everything we were doing and we cut almost every revenue producing thing we did for a year. And I realized a lot of those things will never come back. And it was a gift to quit them. You are not important to the kingdom of God. He can use anyone at any moment to do anything. He's used donkeys. He doesn't need us. He invites us into a story that is exciting and an adventure and beautiful. And if you have lost that, it's okay to say, you know what? I'm out for a little while. I've lost my soul. Because as ministers of the gospel, if we lose our soul, we give nothing to anyone. So your soul is the most important thing to protect. (laughs) Right with God, whole with God. Everything you're doing, the engine of what you're doing, it can all die and your soul matters most to the Lord and to other people. And so get that right. And whatever big thing you have to do to, to get there, do it. And we I mean, I remember telling my team, we're, we're quitting everything this year and you're going to get a month off and we're going we're gonna to go slow. And, and I paid them and I trusted the Lord and months later the ev- the only event we did for the entire year produced more income than anything we had lost so god can god can take care of the things it's not hard for him but he wants us to show that we trust him hmm. and to prioritize above important work him and and i think you know when you look back at sabbath in the old testament what was it it was, yes, it was about the rest and yes, we're finite and we need to remember it. But ultimately it was a trust exercise. It was, can he provide for us when, when we take, when everybody else is working and we're not, can he, will he give us what we need? And I think it's the same for us today.
0: Hmm. So good. Thank you for being on Jenny. This was, was good. Yeah.
1: Thanks friend. Good to
0: see you. Ministry Strong is a production of Ivy Media Podcasts, produced and edited by Angie Elkins. Artwork by Caleb Peavy and Noel Rhodes. Original music by Robert Elkins. A special thanks to my Ministry Strong team. Thank you for your dedication and hard work. Your hosts of Season 1 are Lisa Whittle and Dr. Joel Matamale. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get strong in him.